Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, a program dedicated to creating a legacy for your pet. Animal companions, your pets, your children, whatever you call them, they are dearly loved family members. As pet parents and animal lovers, we have an obligation to ensure their current and future well-being. Join estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, your host, every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Peggy explores the many alternatives available to help you provide for the future care of your pets. They love us unconditionally. Let's make sure we care and provide for them in every circumstance. Hello and welcome. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and as usual, it is my pleasure to be with you today. Since we were last together, I've had a lot going on. So I had an opportunity to be in Charleston, South Carolina, for the opportunity to speak to a group called Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. And we're going to be talking a little later in the show today with Julie Scott, one of the members of that organization. I also had the opportunity to attend the Florida Bar Meeting in Boca Raton and spoke to the Animal Law Committee, CLE, on pet trust. So I want to continue the conversation today about pet trust and planning for our pets. You may recall that we've talked in the past about some of the important roles that people need to play when you're thinking about planning for your pets. So one of those important roles that we've talked about before is who's going to be your pet caregiver? Who's going to be the person who's responsible for the day-to-day care of your pets? And as I've reminded you, it's important not only to have a first choice, but also a second choice and a third choice. And today I want to touch about another important role, and that role would be the role of trustee. Who is going to be the person or the organization that's going to be responsible not for the day-to-day care of your pet, but for the day-to-day management of the trust assets? That's the money or the financial resources that you've left for the benefit of your pets that needs to be managed, invested, and then distributed to your pet caregiver or to others on behalf of your pets. Sometimes people think it's a great idea to just choose the same person as they've chosen as their pet caregiver. And I just want you to think real carefully about that before you make that decision because now you've got the same person who's responsible for your pets also responsible for the management of the assets that are intended to provide for the pets. So many, many times I'm going to suggest that you select a different person a professional, either a CPA or an attorney, or that you select a corporate trustee like a bank trust department. And there are, of course, costs associated with whoever you choose as your trustee, but separating the pet caregiver role and the management of the assets role I think is very, very important. One of the challenges that I've had is 
in finding corporate trustees, though, that are willing to take on this responsibility. Of course, they're happy to manage your money, but what they're not so sure about is they don't want to have that oversight responsibility for checking in with your pet caregiver or your animal care panel to make sure that there are um, that the pets are actually being taken care of the way you want them taken care of. So I think it's going to behoove most of us to select a an attorney, a CPA, or some other professional who can be responsible for the management of the trust assets. I do want to consider I do want to continue this portion of the conversation each week as we get together and talk about the different facets of planning for our pets, but this is just a topic I wanted to bring to your attention today. And I don't want to take up too much time because I want to have plenty of time for our special guest, Julie Scott. And Julie is a friend of mine, actually, from law school. We met on her very first day of law school, and we've been um, friends ever since. So welcome, Julie. How are you? I'm great, Peggy. It's great to be with you today. And also with you. So I'm just thrilled that you were able to come on the show today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, Julie? Yes, of course. Um, I'm, As you said, we met in law school, and I am an attorney. Um, I'm practicing part-time. I live in, here in Florida, in central Florida, and um, I'm, I practice in primarily the area of, of children's advocacy and family law. So I do some mediations, and um, I sometimes act as a court-appointed guardian ad litem um, to represent children in court. And um, I, have, I have two dogs, um, a German shepherd named Sophie who's 10 years old and who is just a really sweet, loving German shepherd, um, but not a therapy dog candidate. Um, she doesn't always like other dogs. And then I have George the Labradoodle, and he is my therapy dog. And I know we're going to talk about um, that a little bit, well, probably quite a bit today. We are, in fact. And so one of the things that immediately attracted Julie and I to our long-term friendship was our love for dogs. So, Julie, when did you first discover that you had this passion for dogs? Well, Peggy, I'm probably a lot like you in that I've always loved dogs. Um, they, my, I got for my 13th birthday... I got my very first dog that was just mine alone. We'd always had dogs in the family and grew up with all kinds of wonderful big mutts. We always had a big um, collie, German Shepherd cross or a Labrador, um, Irish Setter cross. Um, we just had great dogs as kids. And when I was 13, I got my first dog and um, just have always loved them, loved the the unconditional um friendship that dogs give, the joy, the happiness, the fun um, that we can have with dogs. And as I've gotten over the years, even just even when I was single and traveling, um, I always had a dog with me and um, just been blessed to have a series of, of wonderful dogs in my life. Well, it's funny that you say that your family had German Shepherd Collies because that was the that I had as my own personal dog that I got They're- when I was eight or nine years old, I think I bought Misty for a big five dollars. Yeah, they're they are the best well one of the best. There are lots of best dogs out there because we all know that we all have the best dog. But um 
they're just they are a wonderful cross because they have the German Shepherd, sweet but yet loyal temperament, and then of course the Collie, um, just you know such a gentle, kind dog. They're great. So when did dogs. you first get interested in um, therapy dogs, Julie? Well, I I had been interested in it and been as a lawyer been researching. Um, the idea of ther- of having a therapy dog and looking into it and talking to lots of people. I, I tried it, the first time I did it was with my German Shepherd, Sophie, um, because she is such a kind, loving German Shepherd. And I did manage to kind of go through the training with her and got her cert- um, registered as a therapy dog for hospice. And because I knew if we went to hospice, we would there would likely not be any other dogs there that make her nervous and, and get her concerned. And we did that for actually only one or two visits, and it was so strenuous on her, and it took so much out of her that I chose to not use her as a therapy dog because as as the therapy dog handler, our first and foremost job is to make sure that we're always an advocate for our dogs. And I felt as, as my Sophie's advocate that she wasn't, this wasn't the best work for her. This wasn't the best job for her to do because it was just taking so much out of her. So my next um, kind of venue into into going into um, getting a therapy dog was while I was working um, full-time as an attorney and working in court every day with children that are involved in the dependency system. I worked for the Guardian Ad Litem program. So I would sit in court and think, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could have a dog in this courtroom right now that would provide some comfort, not just for me, because that would be very, would have been very helpful for me. My dogs always went to work with me, and they provided a great deal of comfort. But thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could bring this dog into court and provide some comfort for everybody that's in this room, from the judge to the bailiffs um, to the other attorneys that are here, and, of course, without saying to the children that come into court and their families, they're very stressed out, they're scared, they're nervous. Um, the courtroom, as you know, Peggy, can be a very frightening place. So I started thinking about it and, of course, did my research, started looking up um, different programs across the country. Um, dogs in the courtroom are starting to be um, something that is becoming more and more common and we're starting to see more and more of it across the country. And so I looked at a several different programs and um, started researching and reading it about it. And then I have my wonderful dog, George the Labradoodle, who is just a perfect therapy dog because he is calm and quiet and funny and entertaining and nothing bothers him. Um, loud, crashing noises, crying children, um, balls being thrown, whatever it might be, he's just happy to be he's just happy to be there and to be a part of the world around him. Uh, so I talked to the judge that I practiced in front of and she said, I wish you would do it. I will support you one thousand percent. the problem was I couldn't do it while I was working full time. It just was too much of a job, too much to get things started and to get other people coordinated to come into court. So um, shortly after I started thinking of all this, I think that a giant blessing came my way um, in the life, in the world of, of timing and lighting um, because I was able to quit my, my full-time job and work part-time 
and put this program together. And so that's what I did four years ago. I put a program together um, for dogs to come into our local courtroom in, in Dade City, Florida, um, in the dependency courtroom. And, um, and that's going on every Wednesday. Still. Still. Four years later, yeah. I now have um, I've recruited um, ten of my of hand of my handpicked um, associates who have therapy dogs, and they're all just terrific dog teams um, with wonderful, gentle, bomb-proof dogs, as we call them, because they can just put up with everything. We have everything from a little Papillon all the way up to um, Golden Retrievers, um, an American Staffordshire Terrier. Um, we just have a lot of wonderful dogs, but we have 10 dog teams, and every Wednesday in the morning and for two hours and in the, win- and in the afternoon for to- two hours, we have a dog team that goes to dependency court and hangs out with, um, with families and children and come into the courtroom, and we've, we just share a lot of smiles, a lot of um, stress relief um, for everybody. Every, we walk into the courthouse, and the bailiffs that are at the front desk screening everyone say, oh, my gosh, the dogs are here. And the whole atmosphere of the courthouse changes. It's, it's and does really that program a, have a name, Julie? Um, I named it the Dade City Dogs in Court. Okay. Um, and that's our, our group. We, have some, we just have a wonderful team of people. I cannot talk about it. They happen to be all women right now, but... Um, these women are there every Wednesday. They never, ever miss a court date. Um, they're so loyal to this program, and they, and they bring about such a fabulous change in the whole atmosphere. Um, it goes from people with sad, sadness on their faces and kind of really, really worried about what's going to happen to them next, frightened children that are frightened to face their parents who... Um, may have abused or abandoned or neglected them, uh, to lawyers that don't want to be there, um, to people just smiling and petting and laughing and actually a lot of times talking to each other where they didn't want to talk before because the dog brings about an, an empathy between them and a, and a conduit for, the, for people to start talking to each other. Um, And that is so true. Dogs bring so many things to our lives. So we're going to go to break, and we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and you can visit us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. We'll be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm, it's where we grow. Organic, loose-leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, 
and positively delicious. Find us at prasanati.com. Prasanati. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on Nature'sChannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stalls. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Serendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on natureschannel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow with amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and you are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. Before the break, we were talking about choosing a trustee for your pet trust, and we've also had the privilege of talking with Julie Scott, and Julie is a personal friend of mine, but she is the founder of the Dade City Dogs in Court program and also a member of Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. And we've been talking about how Julie became passionate about pets and all of the great things that dogs bring to the um, courtroom atmosphere. So, Julie, I wanted to ask you um, about something that you said in our previous um, session where you were talking about how some dogs may not be appropriate for therapy dog work. And you had mentioned that um, when you tried to um, have Sophie, your German Shepherd, be a therapy dog, that it took a lot out of her. Um, What did she do to demonstrate to you that that was not going to be a good fit for her? She she did give me a very clear sign, and it wasn't – it wasn't while we were doing the visit. Um, the visit itself was wonderful. We met with a family of um, a man who was in hospice, and he had his whole large gathered clan around him, his wife and his children and grandchildren, and, oh, my gosh, we had a great time. Um, we we visited back and forth. The kids played with, with Sophie. Um, and then towards the end of the visit, um, the gentleman who was in hospice, 
um, asked if Sophie could get back, could get up in his in the bed with him. And I said, absolutely, you know, she can do that. And so she did. She, at my request, um, she jumped up in the bed with him, and <clears throat> she laid there with him for probably half an hour. And for those of you that, that have a German Shepherd in your life, they're not the most cuddly dogs. They like to lay next to us but maybe be a foot or two away and be close to us but not all snuggly. But she did. She snuggled up with him. And it was great. He he got a lot out of it. His family was um, felt really great. They It was a terrific visit. We came home, and Sophie laid down and went to sleep for, gosh, it seems like it must have been at least 24 hours to me. I don't recall exactly. But she didn't get up to eat. She didn't get up to go outside and go to the bathroom. I was really worried about her. And I'd get her up, and she'd get up, so it wasn't if she was you know, ill or anything. I mean, I knew she was okay. And it, I felt strongly that it was directly related to that visit. It took so much out of her. And I I chose not to do that with her again because it was too much to take out of her. When we come home, when I come home from a therapy visit with George, uh, it's, he's tired. It takes a lot out of a dog to be to visit with lots of people, to have people touching them and visiting them and and interacting with them. There's no doubt about it. It's an exhausting thing for a dog. But he's raring to go again. If I pick up his bag or if I say, hey, you want to go for a walk or let's go out, he's up and and ready to go. Um, It was not that way with her. She just, it drained her completely. She gave it her all to do that visit. And I I didn't feel that 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 was fair to her. That was that was too hard for her. Well, so that leads me into my next question, which would be if somebody was interested in having a therapy dog or, or training their current dog to do therapy, what should you look for in a therapy dog? The first thing that you have to look for is a dog that loves people. And you want to really watch the signs that a dog is interested in people they you want a dog that goes up to people and approaches them that is interested in in all kinds of folks now there are some therapy dogs and they don't have to be interested in every group of people equally um there are some therapy dogs that do better with children there are some therapy dogs that that really love seniors um so i'm not saying that they have to love all groups of people equally but they have to be, that's the first and foremost thing, that they have to be interested in people and engage with people and find a way that people will relate back to them. Um, some dogs like to p- push their head up underneath someone's um, hand to get a pet. Um, other dogs like to snuggle up. If they're a small dog particularly, they may want to snuggle up on someone's lap. Um, perhaps they'd like to lean. We have um, a big St. Bernard in our Hope Animal Assisted Therapy Group, Peggy, that you met, Portia, who loves to lean up against people. And it's she's a big old dog, but it's a very comforting, fun thing. Um, so you want to look for those signs that tell you that a dog is interested in people. So that's, that, the, that's, that's the really one good thing. advice. Yeah, that's really good advice because, I I mean, I bring my little Papillon to work every day, but she's only interested in one person, and that's her mother. Right, and lots, and I talk to people all the time who say, oh, my gosh, my dog would be a great therapy dog because she loves to to sit on my lap. 
And so that's exactly the, the kind of things that I start to talk to people about when they tell me those things. Well, how about somebody else's lap? Would she like to sit on someone else's lap? Oh, no. Then that may not be the, great, the, the best dog for it. Um, the other thing, as I said early, mentioned earlier, about, and I learned from these. These are things that I learned myself by doing, which isn't necessarily always the best way, but um, your dog also has to be comfortable around other dogs, um, around all different kinds of people. Um, they have to be able to have loud noises, um, not frighten them. Um, some dogs are particularly frightened of, so frightened of thunderstorms that they cannot function any longer. Well, they're fine if they're at home because you can find ways to keep them secure and comforted. But if they're out on a visit and they all they want to do is dive underneath a bed when there's a thunderstorm, that dog is not going to be appropriate as a therapy dog. Um, at, as I said with my dog, Sophie, she gets nervous if other dogs are around. She's not vicious. She doesn't attack them, but they make her very nervous. Well, if there's another therapy dog team visiting or if there's just somebody there with their dog, um, their own personal dog, and they're there visiting their grandma at the nursing home, and I have my therapy dog who's going to, to look at this other dog and perhaps bark and, and act all worried and nervous and afraid, well, that's not appropriate either. So there's lots of things like that that you have to look for. Um, and there are lots of good organizations that are out there um, that will do testing and evaluating um, and training to help people assess whether or not they're their dog, and themselves are the right fit to be a therapy dog handler. Well, talk to us a little bit, Julie, about the training process for a therapy dog. Sure, Peggy. Um, the, the training process really starts out without doing any type of formal training. Um, your, your therapy dog needs to know some, once you've done the assessment yourself and you think, okay, this dog does have some general characteristics that I think would make a good therapy dog, then you have to, your dog does need to have some, some of the very basic commands. Your dog needs to be able to sit and, and stay for at least a little portion of time if you need to, to step away for just a moment or you want your dog to stay in a particular place. Um, they should know how to, to lay down on command, although not all dogs do. Um, they should always, and of course you always want to have the, com the come command for your dog, not just as a therapy dog, but just in general. You want your dog to come to you when called because it's so critical for their safety. Uh, so some of those very basic commands to start with and, and some basic obedience, that they're polite, well-mannered, um, that, um, that they know how to act in public um, with and using their manners, that they're not jumping up on people, that they're not knocking people down, they're not diving between people's legs, they're not snatching a sandwich out of someone's hand as they walk by. Um, those are the sorts of things that you want to come to a, a therapy dog training class already having those things at your dog's command and, and at your command. And then when you go to the therapy dog training class, the thing that they're going to do essentially is make sure that you and your dog, number one, are comfortable around all different types of people. So they may, and they'll assess whether or not your dog can do the basic commands and whether or not your dog will leave food if there's food that's dropped on the floor in front of them because that's critical when you're in a, um, a hospital or a nursing home or even 
those types of situations where somebody might drop a pill or something that could be very dangerous to your dog on the floor, you don't want them snarfing up um, somebody's medication. And, but they'll, and they'll do those basic assessments first just to make sure that your dog does have those basic things. And then they'll start doing some things like bringing in someone in a wheelchair, um, perhaps someone with a cane, someone opening up an umbrella um, near them, uh, making loud noises, dropping a pan on the floor, um, those sorts of things that are going to help to assess whether or not your dog is of the type of nature that that can be around those distractions and still keep themselves calm and, and collected. And then usually what most um, therapy dog training um, classes will do is is go on a visit, several visits with you to see if your dog is appropriate in an actual setting, um, such as a nursing home, um, a school, a hospital, places that we that we generally tend to take our dogs. So it and sounds then, like maybe um, that a canine good citizen certification would be a good starting point before you ever even started down the therapy dog road. Um, and we do have to take a break here shortly, so we're going to come back and talk some more with Julie Scott, who is going to talk to us when we get back about Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. You can find us today on All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Facebook. We're taking your questions there, or you can call us at 718-766-4996 if you have a question for myself or for Julie. And we are learning a lot about therapy dogs and how to choose a good therapy dog, and we will talk more about that when we get back, and we'll see you shortly. You are listening to the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm. We're here every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern with horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm, it's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasanna Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature. Pets share our day-to-day struggles, adventures, and special moments, and they love us unconditionally. For all these reasons and so many more, host Peggy Hoyt shares her extensive knowledge in estate planning to help you ensure a healthy and safe future for your pets. 
Tune in to All My Children Wear Fur Coats every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on natureschannel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you Heart and Soul Heard, and Sarah Willerson on Nature'sChannel.fm. We're here every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern with horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature'sChannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and with us today we have special guest Julie Scott, Julie is a member of Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response, and we've been talking about choosing a therapy dog and getting involved in therapy dog programs. Julie, welcome back. Thanks, Peggy. And you had mentioned before we went on the break about um, the Canine Good Citizen Test as a good place to start, and thank you for bringing up that point because that is an excellent place for people to start and and to begin making that decision about whether or not their dog would make a good therapy dog. Thank you. Well, and Julie, tell us more about Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. I can see on their website at hopeaacr.org that the mission of Hope is to provide comfort and encouragement through animal-assisted support to individuals who are affected by crises and disasters. Um, So tell us a little bit about the organization and then tell the folks a little bit about what you and I did last weekend in Charleston. Sure, Peggy, I'm I'm happy to do that. Um, Hope Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response is a national organization. We are a not-for-profit organization. All volunteers from our president, to all of us, are volunteers along with our canine um, teammates. And what we do is provide, as you said, comfort um, to people that are going through some sort of crisis or disaster. And we, we wait to get asked to come in. Um, we don't just show up at your doorstep and say, hi, heard you're having an extremely bad day um, and we're here to help. Um, That's not part of our mission. Um, We have had our dog teams get um, asked to come to many, many different um, situations over the since 2001, um, when our organization began um, shortly after the 9/11 tragedy in New York. We um, some of the recent um, things that we have done, along with Charleston, which we'll talk about, um, is the. We've been to the um, to Superstorm Sandy. I'm just naming some things off the top of my head. Um, the Navy Yard, um, where where there was a tragic shooting. Um, Virginia Tech, 
um, where there was a shooting on campus. Um, we've just just had teams deployed in the Midwest, in the Illinois and Indiana area, just last week, um, where they had some very bad hurricanes. I'm sorry, hurricanes or Florida had some very bad tornadoes. Um, we've had a number of our teams um, over the last 10 years um, get deployed for a lot of weather weather-related disasters, um, including earthquakes in Oslo, Washington, um, forest fires out in Colorado and Arizona, um, flooding all over the country. So a lot of those types of situations where people find themselves in a real disaster situation, we don't come in at the beginning of the situation because things must be stable for our, for our dog teams to come in. So after things have um, have gotten a little bit more stable, the Red Cross and Salvation Army and perhaps FEMA, um, the Federal Emergency Management um, Agency, and some of those other agencies that get things back to to somewhat of a stable basis have come in and done their good work, then we are requested, perhaps by one of those agencies, to then come in with our dog teams and begin offering some comfort and stress reduction um, to people that have been affected. So we may go to a Red Cross shelter. Um, we may or may not be allowed inside, depending on the, um, the management of that particular shelter. We've sat on picnic tables or underneath oak trees and, um, and visited with people. And it's, um, it's a unique situation when people are in that type of, of a disaster and a crisis situation because you might think, well, gosh, the last thing that they need is a dog hanging out with them. Um, you know, they need their homes, they need clothing, they need food. And all those things are absolutely true. And those things are happening for them with these other agencies. What our, what our dog teams do is provide a couple of minutes sometimes, maybe sometimes a little bit longer, but not long, a couple of minutes sometimes of just being able to stop thinking about the crisis and begin to connect with another living being. Um, a time to pet the dog and relax a little bit, to take a deep breath, um, and, and frankly, oftentimes to connect with the handler. Um, our teams are, and to be able to talk um, a little bit about just any topic that might come into their heads. Our teams are very highly trained. We are not um, beginning therapy dog handlers. Um, and I'd be glad to talk to you about some of the training that we go through, Peggy, but I, did, I thought I'd better pause and see if you have a, a question in there. Well, I don't, but before we run out of time, I definitely sure. want you to share with the listeners how it was that um, you happened to be in South Carolina um, during the time of the Charleston tragedy. Yes, it was extremely um, fortuitous. Um, again, sometimes I think that we, we have a wonderful um, opportunity sometimes, and fate um, puts wonderful opportunities in our way um, and perhaps a, some other otherworldly beings um, out there that are making timing and lighting work for us. Our annual conference that we have, our national annual conference, which I've been working on planning for the last year and a half um, with our other teammates, it was scheduled to be here, to be in Charleston, South Carolina this year. So we were all gathering up. We had um, 30 dog teams and about 45 members all gathering on the city of Charleston on Thursday, um, the 
the day after the shooting took place. And the um, we were all traveling to Charleston and were, and were all listening to the news as it came across um, about the nine um, people in church that were killed. And, of course, we were all busily talking to each other and calling each other and texting those that weren't driving, texting back and forth saying, what can we do? How can we be able to provide some comfort um, while we're all here? And so we started coordinating with various different agencies that were there, including the Charleston Police Department, um, the FBI Victims Assistance Unit um, that was then on scene a couple of days after the shooting took place, um, and started looking for opportunities, again, to be requested to come um, and provide assistance because we don't, again, we try not to be putting ourselves right in somebody's lap where they where they are looking for other resources and they we don't want them to have to use their resources on on us we want to be able to come there and need absolutely nothing and just provide some help and as you and of course as you know Peggy you were coming you were coming as well to to be our speaker and so you um, we I was very lucky to have you be able to go with George and I um, to a um, an event that we provided some comfort to some folks and I'll be glad to tell you about that if we have the time so it was really um, interesting for me, too, that I had the opportunity to be with Julie and with George and with some of the other members of HOPE. Um, we attended the um, the Unity, uh, I don't know that it was a walk, but it was a hands across the bridge there in Charleston. And right. we, I got to see firsthand um, just how excited people were to have the dogs there and even to see two small children who appeared to be terrified of dogs within a few moments. They were hugging George and enjoying his company and announcing to their mother that they thought they were ready to have a bunny. Um, so that was that was wonderful to be able to see that. Yes. And, and what I tell people often when they don't, when they're trying to kind of get their head around, how does this work? How does, you know, how does showing up with a dog make a difference? And so you got to witness that firsthand, Peggy, that, and I tell people, we don't really do anything. We show up with the dogs who are extremely well-trained and well-behaved. Um, we all, our dogs wear vests. We all have our ID on. Um, we're very professional. We show up with our dogs, and we start to just talk to people. People look at us and say, you know, why are you here? What's going on? We tell them why, they're, why we're there. They, they ask to come and approach, and may I come and pet your dog? And then it all <clears throat> then it all starts to happen. Um, people start to talk to us. They start to pet the dog. And so often I've had people tell me, and you were there when when we had a couple of ladies say, um, you know, I haven't even smiled in a couple of days because there's been so much going on and so much tragedy in my life, and I can't even think about smiling again. So thanks for bringing a smile to me for the first time in you know, two days or three days or, or whatever it might be. And while that might seem a small thing, it's really not. No, and it wasn't a small thing to the people that we had the opportunity to interact with. It, it really did prove how important the presence of the dogs were. And because I did some puppy raising for service dog organizations, um, you know, we were always in the mode of, encouraging people not to approach our dogs while they right. were working. But with Hope Dogs, it's the exact opposite. 
Right. Come on. Yes, we do. We do encourage people to approach and to pet and to um, spend a little bit of time um, with our dogs. That's exactly the reason that we're there um, is to provide some comfort for folks. Um, and and it is amazing. Within a short period of time, we we must have had we had the two dogs that were there, George and then um, Portia, our St. Bernard team member, and we probably had 20 or 30 people that were gathered around us um, wanting to know about the dogs, wanting to talk to us about their dogs and about um, their feelings about what had happened in Charleston and their feelings about being at the Unity um, group that night and, and sharing just so many thoughts with us and, and, frankly, just being able to relax a little bit. That is true, and and if folks are interested in reading more about this, they can visit the HopeAACR.org webpage and read the article that was posted by People Magazine. We're getting ready to go to break, and um, we'll come right back with Julie Scott from Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. We'll be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm. It's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasanna Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stalls. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Serendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on natureschannel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow with amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and 
www.ghettoshadow.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and today we have with us special guest Julie Scott, who is a friend of mine from law school, but also the founder of the Dade City Dogs in Court program, as well as a member of Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. Before we went to break, we were talking about um, the opportunities that Hope has for being asked to participate in certain crises or disasters throughout the United States and um, their participation in what was happening in South Carolina last week in Charleston. Julie, welcome back. Thanks, Peggy. So we just have a few minutes left, but what would you tell folks about um, getting involved with um, either therapy dogs or Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response if they feel like they have um, a dog that would be suited for therapy work? What, what advice would you give these folks? If they have a dog that is that they feel is suited for therapy work and they've gone through the testing and they've gotten their registration to be a therapy dog team, um, great because it will give them such great pleasure um, in their lives to be able to do something like that. And the first, the, the main thing I would tell people is find, find an organization and a group of, of things, to, something to do that you love. Um, of course, your dog's going to have to love it too. It's going to be make sure that your dog likes to be around that group and then find a group that you really love and that you're interested in because if you're having a great time and you love it, nine chances out of ten, your dog will as well. And you will end up giving so much more and getting so much more back from that experience. Um, I love working with I love working with kids. I love working with um, with animals, of course. Um, another thing that I do, George and I volunteer at a school in our community, and first grade children read out loud to George. Um, and it is one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. Um, these kids have such a great time. They truly believe that George listens to every single word that they say. They pick out books that they think George will like. Um, it is just nothing but fun and and it's so great and I love to read I love dogs I love kids it's like the perfect opportunity to spend a couple of hours every week during the school year um, doing something that I love so that's a passion that I have that and that's something that if you have that passion yourself find something that you truly love Um, as far as getting involved with hope um, animal assisted crisis response we are always looking for well-trained therapy dog teams. We have a training, a workshop um, at least once a year um, in several different regions across the United States. So there's different places that people can go. Our workshops are three days long. They're very intensive training for both the humans and the dog portions of the team. Um, it's a fairly um, strenuous screening process that we, grow, that we go through before you even get to the workshop. Um, so I encourage people that may be interested to go on our website and take a look at that 
and feel free to reach out and contact um, the folks that are in the different regions, and we will um, get back with you with lots more information about possibly being a member of, of HOPE that we you know we really encourage people to take a look at. We'd love to have some more good teams. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being my special guest today. I can't begin to thank you enough, and I do want to encourage people to visit the HOPE website at hopeaacr.org. I want to remind folks, too, that next week is Memorial Monday when every first Monday of the month we celebrate pets that we've loved and lost. So if you have a pet that you want to remember, you can send the information in via our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, or you can email me at peggy at allmychildrenwearfurcoats.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Twitter's a little bit different. That's kids in fur coats, and that would be the same for Pinterest if you're looking for us there. Um, but we are always available to answer your questions. We enjoy every opportunity we have to share with people who care about pets, want to make sure that their pets are taken care of, and then offering you each week new and different opportunities to learn about various aspects of pets and different ways that we can make our life fuller with regard to our pets. Next week we're going to be talking with um, Claire Gaynor. She's with a hospice organization, and we're going to be talking about pets and the hospice program and just the way that our animals fulfill our needs both personally and emotionally right up until the very end of our lives. I can't thank the listeners enough, but I do want to encourage you to send in your questions, call us if you have a question, but definitely visit us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. If you have a question for me about estate planning for your pets, you can find it in my book, All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet. See you next week. Happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats here on natureschannel.fm. All My Children Wear Fur Coats explores options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pet. Visit LegacyForYourPet.com to join our email list for updates on shows, links to archives, information on complimentary pet planning workshops, and more. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Happy tales! See you next week.